Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with about 20 years' experience in planning for both corporations and individuals and um, helping people with all their investment advice. Yeah, you've been doing this for a long time. Absolutely. You're like an old hat here, huh? No doubt. No <laughs> doubt, man. And I'm John Travis. I uh, I am a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider. also have an MBA in finance and have been helping uh, corporations as well and individuals with planning. For a couple decades now, so I guess I'm old hat too, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> you are looking pretty old over there, John. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm not quite as old as you guys, but I'm Gordon Leopard uh, with Richard Young Associates, financial advisor, and I am happy to be with you guys again today. Yeah. yeah he's our fresh young look in the yeah, uh, studio here. The young bug. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly radio show. Of course, we're right here every Saturday. Like today, you can uh, stream us live on moneymd.net. Yeah, you can also get our podcast on the website as well. So we made it made it easy. Exactly. Yeah, link right to us there and pull down all our old uh, shows, um, including this week's show here. Yeah. Be up in just a just a day or two here. Okay. I mean, you can reach us by email. We'd love to hear from you at info at moneymd.net, or you can link to us off our website. Send us your questions. We'd love to hear that. Well, John, I think we have an exciting show, guys, lined up for the day. Yeah, we do. Um, always. We've got always. some great stuff. We're going to start off here, though, in the spirit of... Halloween, the top 10 budget demons mm-hmm. and how to exercise them. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Season. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, everybody has the, the budget killers, right? The things that that are really they're, they're kind of demons in their, in their budget um, that you just can't seem to conquer. So you have to be able to identify those. So we're going to talk about 10 of those today. They're very common. So you need to find figure out which ones of these are, are your your budget demons. And Halloween, I'm already in Christmas. It's, are you? it's the day after Halloween. Come on. Well, hey, you know, I mean, I mean it is the season. It's, it's the day after, but <laughs> these are still important. They are so. good. They are good. And then we're going to follow that up with an article about the six most costly mistakes that individuals and uh, investors make. And, and we see uh, some of these. We've talked about a couple of these before. But this is a good good review of um, the, the typical mistakes that we see out there. We're going to try to help you out uh, to avoid those mistakes. And then we're going to follow up with uh, a good current event. We've got some new, new tax laws out. That's right. We've got a friend that's going to be visiting us starting in uh, 2015 by the name of Myra. Myra. Yeah. So she is a not real well, attractive. Not, not, not very attractive. I didn't you think know, she's but, very attractive uh, <laughs> after reading about her. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they don't tell you a lot of stuff about it. Yeah, but. We'll, we'll see what this has to say about Myra and uh, a couple other changes um, that we'll see um, with some retirement accounts and different things in 2015. Yeah. Good. Okay, great. Speaking of demons, can USC, you know, <laughs> finally get over their demons when it comes so. to football? Hey, we took the number five team in the country down to the wire. We on did. the road. We took the number one team in the country down ah, to the wire on the road. That's the ACC, though. <laughs> it didn't help us. <laughs> Carolina played good. They did lose. Uh, Clemson won again. Georgia, yeah. I guess, plays a big game this out. weekend. Yeah, and in other news, you know, Todd Gurley, uh, they're reinstating him. Is he back? Yeah. Is he? Um, 
but of these too important. To, to yeah, but they may be keeping him out actually till the Auburn game. Uh, mm, so we'll okay. see. There's going to be some last-minute uh, rulings on that. Uh, hmm. Georgia is appealing that, and so we'll see if he actually gets to play today or not. Is he out selling more autographs in the meantime? Or mm, well, you pro- know, probably he's got to make a that. living. I hope Man, not. Give him a break. I, I mean, hope not. So. <laughs> Good day for football. <laughs> Good day for football. Should be very interesting. Big game day here. Another interesting day. All right, that leads us up here to our – uh, well, we'll do the financial fact of the week first. Yeah, the financial fact is um, from Fidelity, and uh, more than two out of every five workers, about 40%, under the age of 40, uh, that change jobs, and people change jobs pretty frequently, um, they don't roll over their existing 401Ks, but rather they cash them out, um, and they pay the taxes and the penalties in the process. And, you know, when you're looking at, you know, some of the, the, the cost associated with it, if you have a $40,000 uh, IRA and you go to cash that out, you're probably going to get you know, twenty to $25,000 left. And so you're paying a big tax bill and the penalty. And if you would leave that alone for, you know, 10 to 20 years, I mean, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, here it is. I did the math on this. Okay, so Good. i got an example for you. Yeah, if you have, let's say, a $35,000 IRA, mm-hmm. okay, let's so say you're maybe you're 30 years old, and if you cash that out and spend it, you might end up with 20000 or whatever it is after taxes and penalty. Right. And you go pay off your credit cards or whatever it is that, that's ailing you. Um, instead, if you leave that in there in your 401k tax deferred, if it grows at eight percent for thirty years, you'd have three hundred fifty thousand dollars in that IRA or in that 401k, and that would generate about eighteen thousand dollars a year in income. That is a pithy stat. Isn't I that like good? That. Eighteen. <laughs> that is excellent. So you cash out that little thirty-five thousand dollar IRA. It's costing you eighteen thousand a year in retirement income. Yeah, that's a big decision. It really is. I mean, it's it look, huge. It's, it, you, you look at thirty-five thousand dollars, but it can grow to hundreds of thousands of dollars if you leave it alone. And you won't and get it back in there. I promise. That's you. right. You that's know, right. You, people always say, "Oh, we'll make it up later." You know, you can't. You can't make up for time. It'll take you forever to get it back in there if yeah. you do, but you won't because people just don't. And that usually when I talk to folks about, you know, cashing that out, I usually try to go to the future and say, you know, this isn't a, a $35,000 decision. It's a three hundred and fifty. I mean, exactly. it, it really is. Um, it can it can change your future significantly. So think about that. All right. Good financial fact of the week. All right. That leads us up here to our first topic, and that is the 10 budget demons in the in the uh, spirit of Halloween here, day <laughs> after, um, and how to exercise them yeah, from, these are your, good. Uh, from your budget here. Yeah, okay, I know Halloween was yesterday, but we do still have our scary demons to talk about, and that is, you know, in your budget. I mean, everybody has these things in their budget they can't seem to contain. And, you know, besides prayer and maybe a little holy water if you're Catholic, um, <laughs> the first and most important step is recognizing the problem. Um, and next, it's just take, it takes broadening your thinking and being willing to make changes. So let's dig right into these because it's a pretty lengthy list here, 10 of them. So uh, number one on the list. Yeah, number one here on the list is, uh, is a demon for a lot of people. And as Dave Ramsey says, um, some people are driving their retirement. So they're spending so much on cars. You know, if you have three cars and, and a couple of them are new, you have payments, you know, insurance, taxes, gas, and maintenance, um, your mortgage payment could actually pale in comparison to what you're paying in uh, in auto loans. I mean, it's yeah, we it's see huge. this a lot. It, it really, this drains um, people's financial resources. Yeah, I recently did the math for a client on this, and his their cars were costing about $21,000 a year. 
between the payment, gas, and maintenance. Wow, that's a lot. In their budget. I mean, it was wow. killing them. You know, and you just can't let that happen to your budget. I mean, pay cash, drive a decent used automobile, you know, have liability insurance only on it, and you'll save a bundle over time. In fact, I did the calculation on this one time for a presentation, and over uh, 40 years, over a lifetime, it saved over $200,000 yeah. in the example that I ran. So it can be absolutely huge. Big numbers. Yeah, so that was number one. Number two here on the list is eating out. I mean, when I go out on some special occasion to a nice restaurant, it amazes me how many people there are that are throwing down a Ben Franklin yep. without even a second <laughs> thought. I mean, 100 bucks sometimes. You know, it, it'll be like, okay, give me the, the sampler appetizer and then a, another glass of wine, lobster bisque on the table. And when I'm finished, you know, my filet, don't forget to bring out the dessert menu. <laughs> Flush it down with an apple pie. There you go. I mean, it's just crazy what people spend you know, they'll order bottled water, wine, a Diet Coke, and coffee with dessert. You know, the liquids alone can be 30 bucks. <laughs> I could understand if you were in New York City having dinner for your, like, you know, Fifth Avenue for, like, your 30th anniversary. But, I mean, this is Augusta, Georgia, and, you know, a lot of times I'll look next door and it looks like my auto mechanic is sitting next to me in the next table here, you know, spending 100 bucks on dinner. Um, so... You know, you got to get this under control. I mean, if you're a drinker, you better learn to do it at home. Otherwise, you're going to be breaking the piggy bank every time you're di- you're eating dinner out. So limit yourself to one dinner out a week, maybe two. You know, twenty five bucks a person. Skip, skimp, and save up a week if necessary if you want to go big. But you have to get this area under control if you're one of those foodies out there. Yeah, this is a big deal. I had um, a good friend went through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University class in the spring. He has two kids. They're in the sports, so they're out all the time. They eat out probably three or four nights a week. Yeah. He said they went through and calculated based on each person getting a, like a tea or a Coke, which they were doing. It's about $2,400 a year just in wow. drinks. drinks. I mean, that's yeah. that's taxes and tip and everything like that. So they cut that out. And then, you know, his thought process is he's going to take that and give it, give it away. There and, you go. And it's, it's healthier. You have more money. You're doing better things with it. So it definitely adds up. That's a good one. We've consolidated our, our kids' uh, meals as well. You know, because yeah. a lot of times they, they get so overportioned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're either Just throwing food away or taking it. it. So, yeah. And that, that's helped. Yep. It's a great idea. All right. Number three. Well, we're looking at insurance. You know, people don't understand that insurance, uh, you know, they, they don't review it often enough. Right. And, and a lot of times they may go for years and years and years and uh, have full comprehensive coverage, say, on a 15-year car, low deductibles. And, you know, that, that could cost as much as half the car at true value yeah, itself, right. you know. They so can. taking the time to, to review your insurance, make sure that your needs are, are covered, uh, but that you're not insurance poor we also recommend just getting it repriced every now and then i mean if you have had an insurance policy for seven years eight years um that company doesn't want to lose you so go and reprice it with a competitor and we a lot of times we'll see a a lower cost coming in so exactly definitely look at insurance there's a big opportunity there yeah don't be an insurance collector (laughs) that's right (laughs) all right that leads up to our break here but if you have questions you can email us at info at moneymd.net Or give us a call at 706-739-0725. You're listening to MoneyMD. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to MoneyMD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner. I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's preferred local provider. And we also have Gordon Leopard here 
in the studio with us, who is an advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are continuing our discussion here um, before the break about the top ten budget demons. Mm-hmm. Kind of the Halloween version of Halloween theme financial advice here today. <laughs> and you know, um, you know, we talked about cars. That's a huge one. Dave Ramsey says, you know, don't don't drive your retirement. That's mm-hmm. what people do. I mean, you know, I had this example where clients were spending over twenty one thousand dollars a year on on vehicles, and they didn't know it because you know you add up the payments and you know, the insurance and yeah, the taxes and the whole up. thing, and it adds up. And so you got to be careful about that. You know, another one was eating out um, is a big one. People can really overspend on that. And then uh, the third one here we talked about was insurance. Um, how you just don't want to collect insurance. You got to review your policies, get rid of them. You know, if you don't need them, cut them down to to what's reasonable. And then so the fourth one here on the list though is gifts. You know, if you're not paying attention here, you can tradition yourself into the poorhouse in the name of goodwill and social acceptance um, <laughs> with gifts. You know, think about it. If you're buying 10 birthday and Christmas gifts each year but at 50 to $200 sometimes, you know, for the big ones, um, you might be looking at $2,000 a year that you're spending in gifts. And then you add in anniversaries, office gifts, graduations, flowers, all for all sorts of occasions. You could easily add another $1,000. You know, the point is, you need to look back over your budget and over the year, count up those special occasions that you're buying gifts and decide ahead of time what you're going to spend. Because we see people sometimes come with a budget and that's something that's blowing the budget, and they don't even realize it. Well, that's right. Most budgets I look at um, don't have they don't anything have in for gifts. I'm like, well, you know, you're definitely buying stuff. People have no idea what they're spending here. And cr- Christmas comes around the same time every year. It, yeah, does. it does. It's coming up too. It's amazing. So it's birthdays. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> they're they're annual. Happens like clockwork. <laughs> it does. They're not unexpected. So you got a budget for them. You know, maybe at Christmas time you, you draw names or, or just take a vacation together instead of um, buying individual gifts. Um, but this is another area you got to get under control. I mean, gifts can ruin Christmas, your Christmas spirit, and they can run you into the poorhouse. So yeah. be careful of those. Good. All right, next one here is kids' activities. I mean, us parents will sometimes spend an unlimited amount on kids' activities. I mean, heaven forbid we deny our child an opportunity to learn or expand their horizons no matter what the expense, right? Yeah, sometimes it's amazing. You can spend hundreds of dollars on dance, art, swimming, piano lessons, baseball, you know, the list goes on and on. If you have multiple kids, um, you know, not only is it is it expensive, but also a lot of hours. Um, you know, you have a lot of travel associated with it, and they're, they're all great learning activities. But limit your kids to maybe one extracurricular activity at a time. It can be overwhelming when then you kind of throw oh by the way you have school as well right yeah exactly. you want to do some some studying and try to excel mm-hmm. in so um you got to balance that that's a big one and there. it gives them a chance to do better in that particular activity if they're right. spread out all over the place you know it, it's really hard for them to sure to catch on and do well at all of them yeah you need to focus on one yeah i mean we had you know our youngest daughter abby is one of those that wanted to do everything, mm-hmm. you know, and we had to basically limit her to one activity at a time. You know, she couldn't play, you know, uh, soccer and, and basketball and, and you know, hockey at hockey the same time. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, she just couldn't do it all. Take, you know, drum lessons, which is her big thing. Um, so anyway, have them practice on their own. Have them attend local competitions that are less expensive ones. Um, you know, they have a lifetime to learn new skills and talents. So, I mean, once they leave college, they can do that. So focus on their unique natural ability and limit it to one, one uh, extracurricular activity. So that was number five. Next one here is vacations. 
Now, my friends know that this is my weakness. I'm surprised this one showed up on the list. I figured you would have X'd it out. <laughs> I, I thought about covering it up. But, yeah, I mean, I, I do think we need one or two vacations a month. <laughs> a month? <laughs> a month. Wow. But, uh, no, I mean, you know, it, it shouldn't add up to the cost of a new car every year. I mean, you've got to be careful here, right? I mean, some people... They will buy a timeshare, $15,000 maybe, and then they'll they'll pay the maintenance fees, they'll go on cruises, they'll have airfare for the family, nice restaurants, tickets. I mean, it can get crazy. So maybe instead you just drive instead, you know, drive to a national park um, or split a house at the beach with, you know, another family in the off-season. I mean, there are lots of things you can do that will save on vacations. So budget for the whole thing, gas, eating, and then... You know, go cheap when necessary. I mean, do cheaper activities once you're there, like renting bikes. You know, you'll still have a great time. Mm-hmm. You don't need to break the budget on uh, on vacations. <clears throat> All right, the next one here on the list is clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody has something they fixate on, so I don't want to offend the ladies out there today. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, clothes is a big one in a lot of people's budgets. And this one seems to be most com- more common than, than most. Um and it can make your Quicken software see red all over the page. So <laughs> it's bleeding. Bleeding on the page. You've got to be careful here. I mean, only buy what you really need and buy it at the end of the season. Winter clothes in January, summer clothes in August. At least that's what I do when mm-hmm. I buy clothes. Well, that and, and when you're shopping for uh, kids especially, they're, they're growing so fast. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and then they're so hard on clothes yeah. or shoes especially. We've got a Goodwill. We, we've done that. There's yeah. also, um, you know, kids, several sure. nonprofit type places they do um, charitable mm-hmm. type uh, consignment sales. Right, right, yeah. right. And you can find some great deals that way and really stockpile some clothes for next season uh, when the opportunity arises. Yeah, and you don't have to go crazy either. I mean, you know, like jeans. I mean, my favorite are Wrangler. I get them at Walmart for fifteen bucks, man. Wow, what a bargain! Uh, yeah, boots too. You. That's that's impressive. Yeah, right? you can. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't buy. I don't ever buy jeans. So well, I, I, I wear mean, jeans when I'm working out in the yard in the wintertime. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Takes us to number eight, medical insurance. And so uh, we know everyone needs it. And now with the the mandate of the ACA, everyone has to have it. Right. So, you know, this is something that um, everybody has to check into. And, um, gosh, just imagine if you if you went to the doctor and paid cash. How do you think they would respond to that? I don't think they have a cash yeah. drawer. They couldn't take it. I, I don't know that they'd couldn't. be able to take it. So, uh, you know, comprehensive policies these days, they can run, uh, say, a couple as much as $1,200 a month. They can. You know, and that gets really expensive. So uh, it's important that we, we take a close look at our medical coverage and medical insurance, how it's structured. Yeah, you know, I like to see people have a high deductible policy that qualifies for an HSA account, and that might only be like $300 a person. And then they can take the savings on that and put it in an HSA policy, save the difference, it's tax deductible. It grows tax free for the future. I mean, we made this change in our policy personally. Me and Kathy did, you know, about five years ago, and we we've been putting that six thousand dollars a year that you can put into an HSA yeah. account. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's built up to be a huge sum yeah. that's available tax free for life. Yep. Yeah. 
for medical the, costs. The HSA Healthcare Savings Account yeah. is the only account on the market that you can put money in, get a tax break, and then pull it out and you know, pay no taxes on as long as it's used for medical. So right. it's a great account. It's an really amazing is. account. really is. All right, we've got to wrap this up. Um, hobbies here is the next one on the list. I mean, I run into people sometimes that can go- have gone wild with a hobby. Golf. You know, it can be anything. <laughs> yeah, it can be golfing, Golf. hunting. Yeah, go- it is golfing for me, actually. Even gardening. I mean, people will kid themselves their hobby is a business, so they'll justify the woodworking, you know, that has the $1,000 table saw or gardening with a $10,000 tractor. Yeah, right, right. Unless your hobby is like flying, it probably doesn't have to be that expensive. I mean, you can buy used golf clubs. Um, you know, you can play at cheaper golf courses. Look for deals. I mean, you, there's ways to save money on that, but um, this is this can be a big one. I've seen it, it too. It really can. And the last one here on the list is phone and cable bills. I mean, yes, even... Cavemen, I think, have smartphones and direct TV now. I mean, it doesn't have to cost more than your mortgage, though, really. You know, it's amazing how yesterday's luxuries turn into today's absolute necessities of life. I mean, forget corporal punishment. If your 13-year-old doesn't have an iPhone with texting, then it seems you could be brought up on, like, child abuse charges. Yeah, soon we'll be seeing a 60-minute piece on uh, teenagers dropped off at the mall without a cell phone. How horrible would that be? And that that qualifying as child abuse, so... You know, when you take five cell phones, lots of minutes with texting, data packages, if you're not careful, your bill can uh, it can run you as much as $4,000 more a year. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I've which is astronomical that. <clears throat> yeah, whenever you think about that. It's unbelievable what you could pay. So, you know, cut down to more of a bare-bones package. I mean, you might be able to get that for 100 bucks a month with three phones. If you're not, it just doesn't have to be more than your car payment, okay? Mm-hmm. So get reasonable on your cell phones. So takeaways here are, I mean, recognize what your budget demons are and start to whittle those down look for creative alternatives and ways to save in those areas and compromise with your spouse agree on your budget demons and what your priorities are and you know get them down to a reasonable level so you can save for retirement good good segment all right well, if you have questions you can email us at info at moneymd.net and um that leads us up here to our break Um, You can also check us on our website, moneymd.net, or you can uh, give us a call at 706-739-0725. You're listening to MoneyMD. We'll be right back after these messages and GMA News. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marber, the certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider, and Gordon Leppard, who is an advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are going to um, lead off our our next topic here with the uh, prescription of the week. You want to do the question or the prescription? Uh, Well, you're right. Let's go to the question. It doesn't matter. They're both good. Yeah, they are good, but we'll do the question. All right, so you have to stick around for the prescription because it's good as well. But the question has to do with um, uh, rates of return. I mean, we see CDs right now that are not very, uh, not paying a lot. Um, they're they're not real real friendly, and a lot of people have money no. in CDs. And so the question is, I just had a CD mature, and the renewal rate is is horrible. Uh, what should I do? And you know, I guess it depends on the situation. Obviously, that's the standard answer. You have to look at where they are. If it's an emergency fund, then you ought to keep it in in cash. You're not going to make a lot. Um, you shouldn't try to risk that. But if it's above an emergency fund, I see people that have an emergency fund, which is great. Then they have their retirement accounts. We have something called a medium term account. We have some stocks and some bonds in it. Right. It's money that's not going to be used for 
maybe five to seven years, and you try to grow it a little bit more than than what you can do in a CD because CD rates now I'm not sure exactly what they are, but they're probably under percent. Yeah, um, they're, they're hovering right around point five. <laughs> yeah, they're I mean, point five, point seven five. Depends on how long you go yeah. out, but yeah, they're they're pathetic, no doubt. Yeah, I mean I like to see people, even for very safe money, I like to see them use maybe some some you know no load mutual funds, mm-hmm. well diversified in bonds. Yep. And you know you can get an account that's all bonds, and you know get maybe two or three percent a year. I mean that's way better than a CD, and it's totally liquid. You right. can get your money back anytime. Yeah, with no penalties. Right, right. There's some other things. There's fixed annuities which lock your money up. They're a little bit higher than CDs, but um, you know if you want some help on that, we can sit down with you and help you evaluate it. It really is is dependent upon the situation, but exactly. There's no magic bullet out there. There's not a five percent. There's not a cookie solution. cutter approach. Uh, and yeah. it's probably going to be a while, though. The Fed, you know, probably will start raising interest rates here in the next year or so. Yeah, at some point. Um, at some point, but uh, it's going to be a long ride before we get back to decent rates on CDs and things. Okay, that leads up here to our next topic, and that is the six most costly mistakes individual investors make. Um, good article out of. Uh, yeah, it's it's from a, a gentleman named John Smoll. He's actually okay. um, the founder of Frugal Rules. He has a finance blog. And I uh, put this together, and these are some things that, that we certainly see as we talk with folks out there. And when you speak up about money with individual investors, um, you know, and you do that for years like we have, you learn a lot about how people make their decisions. You see why they're investing and uh, what their goals are. You see different strategies and different methods to invest as well. And, and a lot of times you see the costly mistakes that folks make that can really add up significantly and they uh, play out and they repeat time and time again. So, you know, some of the mistakes are, are simply a result of not knowing the right things to do. Um, many of the results are, um, you know, people take an active interest in investing. So much money is lost when people assume that they take care of themselves. So here's here are six costly mistakes that individuals do. And, and you know, a lot of times they're retail investors per this, um, you know, this article here. And we're going to try to educate you on the six pieces of it. So, Steve, I think you have number one here. Yeah, the first one here is ignoring investment accounts. And, I mean, guys, we see this all the time. I mean, people come in, they and I saw it this past week. You know, they came in, they had two or three, you know, old 401K plans that were just out there in the oblivion. They didn't even know where they're at. They, mm-hmm. they, weren't, they weren't getting statements anymore because um, they had the wrong mailing address on one of them after we called you know, you can't ignore these old accounts. I mean, that's important money. It needs to be invested wisely, um, and so you, you can't let those go by the wayside. And so what happens is, you know, you could lose your entire holdings if they're not well diversified, mm-hmm. right? If it's invested in a few stocks or something, um, you know, it could not be balanced, rebalanced um, in line with your current risk tolerance. If you start off 50-50 in stocks, over time, it could it could go up to seventy five percent stocks, and you could have a lot more risk when the market goes down. Um, and you could have your account eaten away with fees if you're not aware of what the costs are. So you need to pay attention to those accounts out there um, that are you know that you haven't looked at in a long time. I've seen investors lose tens of thousands of dollars because they ignored those yeah. accounts over time. And sometimes people think it doesn't matter if they have a ten thousand dollar four hundred one k. But you know, like you, the example you used earlier in the show, exactly. if, if you invest that you know wisely, you know, in the future potentially could be significantly higher than that. So spend some time on that. You know, the solution is to schedule a time um, to look at your accounts. You know, it doesn't have to be you know weekly or even monthly. Do something maybe quarterly. Annually may suffice as well, um, and just put it on your calendar to go check it. 
uh, at least once a year at a minimum to go go take a look at it, make sure it's um, properly structured and balanced and so forth. So that's number one. That's that's a good one. Number two here is not paying attention to fees. Um, you know, one of the uh, most frustrating mistakes this, this gentleman saw was not paying attention to fees. And, you know, when overlooked, the fees can add up uh, to a significant drain on the portfolio. And the two most common fees that, that he sees is trading too often um, and also from the mutual funds themselves. And so, you know, when you think about the trading piece of it, um, you know, you have commissions associated with it and they add up and trying to time the market in and out associated with this trading can can be very expensive to the individual investor. Well, that and the tax ramifications yeah. there. If they're trading within a year, you know those tax ramifications are going to be different than if they held sure. that particular investment for longer than a year. Yeah, that's very well. so. Very, very good point. And and the big fee that uh, far too many people overlook is a mutual fund fee. A lot of times people say, well, I don't have any cost in this mutual fund. It's a no-load fund. Well, that's not true. I mean, according to a paper by two University of Pennsylvania law professors, the average mutual fund fee as of 2013 was about 1.31%. And, uh, you know, that can certainly vary uh, as low as 0.05%, but it can be as high as 2%. So, you got to understand, um, you know, what those fees are as well. Yeah, and you know, and this doesn't even include the rest of the cost inside yeah. of investing, like trading fees, you right. know, trading cost inside of a mutual fund. I mean, if you have, you know, ninety percent turnover a year, which I think is close to the average long term average for mutual funds, I mean, that can run up another, you know, one two percent or mm-hmm. more per year in trading cost internally, depending on what kind of stocks they're buying. So. You got to look at the total picture and the total cost, and pay attention to that. That's a big, that makes a big difference in your overall return. Yeah, it does. After it's all said and done. Yeah. So the, the solution on that is is do some research. Um, Morningstar dot com is a great place to to go look at mutual funds. You can look at what the expense ratio is, and also the turnover ratio, which we just mentioned as well. Kind of get an idea of what you're what you're paying. A lot of times, people have no clue, and it does add up. So you want to be uh, you know looking and cautious of that as well. Well, then improperly diversifying. Uh, diversification, when done right, that's a, that's a staple mark, you know, of, of wise investing. However, many retail investors, uh, they believe they're doing it correctly when they're actually over-diversifying or sometimes overlapping. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they may take and combine uh, certain mutual funds or asset classes, and really they're, they're just stacking certain stocks on top of each other, you know, that may be within the same uh, holdings there. Few investors realize that a relatively small number of the popular stocks uh, form the core of many mutual funds, and you know that's what we were just saying. There is that a lot of times, if they're not careful, uh, they'll just be all t- on top of each other. Yeah, and so. another thing with diversification is people invest in stocks and they think they're well diversified, and a lot of times they're in one industry. Right. And if that industry goes south, then they're they're opened up to a lot of risk. A great example is technology. I was going to say invested in that back in the 2000s, um, they were crushed. And so the solution is, is review each of your fund's top holdings to avoid duplication. Consider a variety of industries when you buy individual stocks. We're obviously a believer in, in mutual funds uh, is a good way to diversify it. But you've got to be careful with mutual funds as well. Yeah, that can be a huge mistake. You know, that can, or that can almost be like a goat eating your keys. <laughs> that's right. That would be a sight to see. That would be, that's a whole other story to show. 
Yeah, that we'll, we'll explain state. that later, awesome. but uh, <laughs> it could happen just like that. It does happen yes. occasionally. I'm We've sure. heard of that happening before. We've I don't know who I don't know who it could have happened to. Uh, I don't know. That would be a good one. Back anyway. to the topic here. Number four here is being an emotional investor. And we often hear about the perils of being an emotional investor. Uh, you know, while it makes sense to, to follow the herd when you're investing um, stocks. Um, herd of goats. Yeah, right. It generally comes back to harm you in the long run. And we see uh, other signs of being an emotional investor. We see the Dow Bar study that shows that people typically make less than um, than the averages because they're they're emotional, right? Like holding on to a stock. Yeah, exactly. Just like holding on to a stock. I mean, you know, thinking it'll come back at some point, um, selling a stock at the first sign of a loss, being glued to the financial news cycle and and all the noise that's out there. I mean, these all, you know, are, are symptoms of an emotional investor, but also can lead to to negative emotions that will cause you to do bad things. Emotions, they cost you when it comes to money because many investors who, you know, hold out, uh, pull out of the market, you know, in the last few years or, you know, during the down markets, I mean, they lost significantly as a result, just like we talked about last year. If mm-hmm. you were out of the market, you had $100,000 uh, 401k and you missed a 30% gain in the market potentially yeah, yeah, in equities. A banner year. That would be 30%. I mean, that'd be $30,000 on a $100,000 account. And, right. you know, you, you you average that out at 8% over 30 years, it costs you $300,000 potentially. That's right. That's right. So the solution here is stay the course, be rational. Uh, your portfolio will thank you for it. You know, some people decide to use financial advisors to help with the emotional side of it. We can sometimes provide some um, you know, some history and some, you know, some general guidance and uh, to, 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 you know, smooth out the emotions a little bit. So it depends on your situation. But I think we'll cover the rest of this when we uh, come back from our break. Exactly. But if you have questions, you can email us at, or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider. And we have Gordon Leopard here, who is an advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break um, about the six most costly mistakes individual investors make. Um, yeah, I mean, there are just so many of them out there. there a lot are. more than six, I think. But. No doubt, no doubt. These are the top six. This one uh, individual, John Smoll, who uh, has a finance blog out there. And uh, the first one was in ignoring investment accounts, never checking in on them, looking at the uh, allocation and so forth. So make sure you take a look at those, not paying attention to, to fees, the mutual fund cost associated with your investments. Uh, the third one was in properly diversifying, making sure you have good Good. Uh, we, we believe in mutual funds, um, making sure that those are properly diversified. Number four was being an emotional investor. Um, can cause uh, significant harm to your portfolio if you try to come in and out of the uh, the markets, which we see a lot of people trying to do. And the fifth one here on the, the list is not investing early enough. And, you know, many people think they can't afford to invest, and um, they have too little to invest for it to mean anything, you know, long term. So they, they postpone it. And whatever the excuse, the result is a lost opportunity to, to grow your money. So you need want to make sure that you um, start young, as young as you can. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can, start as early as in your 20s. You know, I've, I've known some people to start as early as 18, like uh, my brother. He started a Roth IRA yeah. uh, right around that time. I think, John, you've talked about how some of your kids 
uh, have had uh, or that you have, mm-hmm. you know, some accounts for them. So, you know, if, if even if you start with as little as uh, $250, you know, just to open it, uh, many brokers and institutions, they don't have a minimum to start with. Yeah. You know, so just get started. Yeah, just start. Just do it, right? Get just the ball rolling. Nike says. Build right. up some momentum, right? I, Nike, right? <clears throat> yeah, that's right. And the last one here on the list is ignoring taxes. Um, you know, we see this as a big deal. Uh, today, you can take advantage of taxes through 401Ks, traditional IRAs, um, you know, a savings vehicle through your job. Roth IRAs, will you pay taxes today, but you'll defer taxes in the future. So make sure you understand the tax situation, um, you know, and figure out what's going to be you know, most ideal to your situation. So if you have questions on this, uh, you can certainly reach out to us. Uh, you can send us an email at info at moneymd.net or give us a call in the office. Exactly. All right. Good. Good topic here. And uh, of course, we left out the one about not invested, not 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 betting on um, investing on uh, Carolina. Carolina. Oh, thank exactly, you. Thank to, you. To beat Tennessee this weekend. <coughs> yeah. All right. Sorry. They're favored kinda, by seven points. Kind of so, slow so. to get that out. <laughs> they, they probably will. And Williams Bryce, they'll they'll probably they'll probably win it. So we got a prescription of the week. Yeah, the prescription of the week here is um, we're talking about market timing here. I mean, here's the thing. You need to measure your risk in your 401k plan, okay, against the big drops like 2008, and then lower your risk to the point that you're comfortable with that, and you can stick with it through the the worst-type market that we've seen, like 2008. And then don't sell. Don't ever sell. Stay in it. Stay invested forever. So you're trying to say time in the market is the key? Yeah, but I'm trying to tell them the 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 end result, John. I mean, what they really need to look at I on agree. an emotional level. <laughs> I agree, hundred percent. And and to put it in perspective, 2008, the markets were down forty percent, roughly. That's right. That's and right. and the so, middle of the road portfolio was down twenty percent, roughly. So that's that's a great benchmark to look at. Yeah. So if you're in all equity portfolio, you had a hundred thousand dollar account. Yeah, you need to be prepared for that forty percent drop that would have you down to sixty thousand dollars. If you can sit through that. Then fine. Hindsight's you know. twenty twenty, but that turned out to be a pretty good time to invest. It was and do some rebalancing. It was. I mean, I mean it's scary when you're at saying, the bottom, but yeah. emotionally you got to be able to do that. Yep. You know. And just a quick example: if you if you did time market and you pulled out before two thousand thirteen, if you were all in equities, that was a thirty percent year, roughly. That would have been a thirty thousand dollar gain on your hundred thousand dollar IRA um, or your four hundred one k account. If you left that invested for 30 years, that would be an extra $300,000 in your 401k or $1,200 a month for life Mm -hmm. that you cost yourself if you missed 2013. Yeah, and some people did. So there you go. Yeah. Good numbers. Just an example. Yeah, very good. All right. That leads us up here to our last topic, and that is uh, 401k and IRA changes coming in 2015. Coming in 2015. I'm going to introduce you guys to Myra. Myra. <clears throat> Myra. Like John said, she's not all that attractive, nah. but, you know, uh, I think she'll serve a, a useful purpose for what they're how, how they're setting it up uh, for some people. But um, I've kind of got my own little thought mm-hmm. uh, along with this that I'll, I'll share a little further into, into our discussion. But uh, retirement savers will have a new retirement account starting here in 2015 uh, to invest in. Investors will also be eligible to contribute $500 more to a 401k. And uh, here's a look at how the retirement accounts will change. Introducing the MIRA, or the My IRA, uh, the Treasury will be offering a new type of retirement account 
uh, beginning in late 2014 that will probably you know really get started here uh, after the first of the year that is guaranteed by the government to never lose value now I don't know about you but that just kind of makes my skin crawl yeah a little bit you know Um, I know that we've always had the t-bills you know and the Treasury backing things and that's what you know they're gonna be doing here that means they're gonna spend the money but but that's exactly right. It says yeah, you know, no. uh, it's like your Social Security guaranteed. That's because there ain't no money there. They spend it. So the deposit will be made, you know, uh, via payroll deduction. Accounts uh, can start with as little as twenty five dollars, uh, and then you know you can pay as much as or excuse me as little as five dollars uh, per payday. Uh, they're not tied to the job, so they're portable. They can go wherever you go. They're actually individual accounts, and uh, you know, savers with an annual income of less than one hundred and twenty-nine thousand for individuals or one hundred and ninety-one thousand for couples will be eligible to participate. Yeah. So, some people don't have the employer-sponsored program, so this kind of gives them a, mm-hmm. uh, an outlet there uh, to participate. Well, it's another way to plan. save. So, you can't. I, I like the option of being able to save more. The what it's invested in is probably not the best sure. solution. But um, it's the the Meyer is a Roth uh, account, which means the contributions can be withdrawn tax-free at any time. Uh, earnings can be distributed without triggering the additional tax. Um, savers can use the accounts for up to thirty years or until their balance grows to about fifteen thousand dollars which may take 30 years, um, depending on how much you're saving. It's going to be uh, invested in U.S. Um, uh, bonds, savings bonds that are backed by the U.S. Treasury. So the, the returns are going to be way, way low. I mean, yes, yeah, it be something hard to get excited about. It, it is. I mean, there's, you know, again, it's another option. And if people save in there, I guess it's better than not saving not at all. Not saving at all. But, you know, kind of alluding to what you said, too, Steve, uh, call me a conspiracy theorist here. But, yeah. you know, I I kind of think that it might possibly be a, a way to try to fund our, our future Social Security deficit through the back door now. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I don't I know just, they'll ever be big enough to do much like that. But, no, yeah, but I, I agree. I mean, you just you never know where some of those funds are going. Yeah. I mean, I guess only banks will offer these because, you know, or maybe they'll be direct with the, with the, direct, with the yeah, federal government. Direct. I don't know. Um it's kind of a strange bird here. But anyway, so, yeah, that'll be an interesting development. And then also um, we'll have higher 401K contribution limits next year. So you'll be able to put $18,000 in your 401K or most other type retirement plans, which is $500 more than you could do this year. Um, you also can increase your contribution percentage at the start of the year. So you can you can get that extra 500 in there. And then the catch-up contributions for ages – uh, fifty and older will also go up by five hundred to six thousand dollars in twenty fifteen. Yeah, good. yeah, and the IRA uh, contribution limits they'll remain the same fifty five hundred dollars uh, for the year. And investors, uh, like you said, age fifty or older can still contribute with that uh, additional thousand dollars. I'm surprised uh, they didn't change that. That's option. kind of strange. They would do the four hundred one k and not the. Well, IRA it's either. it's indexed to inflation and at five hundred dollar increments. So if it if it's more than two fifty that it goes up, then It'll they round it to five hundred. So just the smaller IRAs don't be a while. haven't yeah. hit it yet. Yeah, yeah, and then we also have bigger IRA income limits, meaning that uh, the income limit goes up by a couple thousand dollars, um, up to seventy one thousand for individuals and one hundred eighteen thousand for couples. Um, where you can contribute to an IRA, still have a work a plan in your workplace, and be able to deduct it. So, a little increase there in the uh, contribution limits. Well, that and also uh, increase in the uh, Roth IRA income cutoffs as well. Uh, the income limits for contributions to a Roth will increase slightly, uh, just two thousand uh, dollars in. 
2015 goes up to um, income limits ranging 116,000 to 131 for individuals and 183,000 to 193,000 for for married couples. So if you're eligible for Roth IRA, uh, mm-hmm. it might be a good option yeah. there to take take advantage of. Yeah, and they also have a larger savers uh, credit threshold, low to and moderate income workers who contribute to a 401k or an IRA are eligible for a savers credit. So um, can be a thousand dollars for individuals or two thousand for couples. So it's another another good opportunity out there. All right. Well, there's Myra. You know? There's Myra. Yeah, Woo-hoo. she's uh, not not a lot of fanfare not out there. That attractive, yeah. But anyway, that'll be something for smaller yeah. smaller investors. That'll be something to get started in anyway. All right. Well, this brings us up to a close for this week's edition of Money MD with Steve, John, and Gordon. Um, tune in next Saturday from nine to ten a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. And do check us out on our website, MoneyMD.net. Email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call in the office, Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a good one. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, securities sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Hey.